0: you <laughs>
1: Hi, moms. We're so excited to jump in with you on episode 34 of the Gather Moms podcast. And we're so excited about today's episode because we are going to tag on to last week where we interviewed Susan C., Yes.
0: Susan was so good. She's so well-spoken and easy to listen to. And she had so many good tips for our bedroom and how to make that a sanctuary and a safe place. And one of the things she talked about was getting all the people out of the bedroom and all the things things to do out of the bedroom. And, you know, we thought about there some of our mamas listening, they're not in that season yet, right? Bless your heart. Hang on. Hang on, sweet mom. You've got the baby bassinet right. or whatever still in the bedroom. And so we hope that you didn't hear that and go well, dang, you know, <laughs> <laughs> this is not a sanctuary for me, you know, but just that you could look down the road and say, okay, at some point. I'm going to get these babies out of here. I'm going to create, you know, kind of a sanctuary for me. Um, But I we loved, you know, getting the laundry out and just kind of thinking about that being a safe place for her and her husband and the time they have together. And they obviously know what they're doing in the bedroom because they had seven babies, right? That's
1: amazing. I'm still like, oh my goodness, if I only have three, but what if I had seven?
0: Yeah, I can't even imagine. And so she just kind of opened the door for us to talk about something that we don't talk about a lot, especially. Unfortunately, among Christian circles, amen. uh, You know, what is happening in the bedroom between a husband and a wife?
1: Well, and honestly, I just felt like the Lord prompted my heart that this was an opportunity for us at Gather Moms to really stop down and have a conversation about this part of our homes and our marriages. And so we're going to give a little warning to any of you that are listening in your car with kiddos, or maybe you've got it blaring on Alexa all throughout your house. This might be a great episode for you to pop in those earbuds and uh, listen that way. But we really do want to talk about intimacy between a husband and a wife. We're not experts. We're not therapists. We are not even professional counselors. We are just fellow moms who love Jesus, and we want to shine his light on this area of our life because it is so important, Mm -hmm. so important. Mm -hmm. One of the things that we value at Gather Moms, and you will hear us say often, is that we say the things that you're thinking, but nobody says out loud. Right. (laughs) And we know that you need sometimes somebody else to just say it and yeah. be like, I'm not alone. I'm not the only one that has that question or wonders about that. We at Gather Moms are real. Like, we're going to tell you what's going through our mind because it's probably going through your mind too. Mm-hmm. And when it's alone in our mind, the enemy can use it in such destructive ways. He can make you feel dirty. He can make you feel broken. Yeah. He can make you feel beyond repair. Yeah. He can make you feel lonely. Mm-hmm. And at Gather Moms, we want you to know that you are not alone. That's
0: right. You're not alone. We are
1: all in this together. Yeah. So I thought just to kind of break the ice a little bit because this is a little bit interesting, I just want to ask some of the questions. Like what are the questions that moms are thinking or are curious about when we're talking about intimacy with our spouse? So, Kate, do you have any things that like maybe early in marriage, maybe later in marriage, now that you're a mom, what are the questions that you think about?
0: I mean, there's so many things and I think it's definitely different now that I've been married 18 years and we've had a minute to practice this, you know? <laughs> um, but thankfully my friends, I mean, you know, I got married and I had never had sex before, and so I did have a lot of questions. Um, Two of my bridesmaids gave me a book about sex. (laughs) The night before the wedding? It was in like my... They give you a month to read. It was a care package to send on the honeymoon. So Jeremy and I read it in the car on the road trip because I was like, I had no idea about all kinds of things. And I was thankful for that. And like some of my guy friends, I mean, pretty inappropriately, got Jeremy a toolbox and put things in there like... Oh. Jelly and things like that. So it kind of opened the doors where it was like, okay, yes, our friends are talking about this, but I didn't have anybody that was like necessarily walking super close with the Lord where I was like, hey, can I ask you these questions? Those things came later on. I remember very specifically, we had a, cu- a couple that we were close to that Jeremy had gone to seminary with the husband, and we were being honest with them that we were struggling in this area. And I had to, hide my head and my hands because I could not make eye contact with them while we talked about these things but we needed somebody to like answer some real questions for us about frequency yep duration yep am I supposed to be into this every time he wants it every day I really don't <laughs> <laughs> confessions of gather Moms. yes yes and you know Are all things okay? What is forbidden? You know, like, there's just all kinds of things. And I think it's just so hard because so much of what we learn about sex happens on our TVs or in our movies. Yes. And those things don't really come from a Christian worldview, right? No, and I don't even know that they're accurate. Yeah, yeah. Like my big thing was
1: watching TV shows where like, they would have an office romance and then they would just like go into office and then Hook it up. everybody would put their clothes back on and go yeah. to work again. And yeah. I was just like, I don't understand how that, like, that's not happening in my world. Yeah. So I think we do, we all have these questions, you know, like, and even my body, you know, does it matter what my body looks like? You yeah. know, cause it's not perfect. Yeah. And especially moms after we have babies. Right. I mean, nothing is going back where it started. Right. So does he care? Right. Does it bother
0: him? Do I have to shave my legs?
1: I mean, like, really, this is one of the questions
0: I do ask myself even today. Do no. I really have to shave my legs? And other things. You know, what <laughs> what, all, what all grooming has to be involved here? How much does he care? Yes. You know, thankfully I've had that question answered because, you know, for the most part, he just does not give a rip. Nope. Nope. <laughs> That's so true. (laughs) I care, and I'm way more concerned about those things about me personally than he is thinking about. But yes, I have definitely thought about those things. Well, and I think when you're getting married, you talk about everything. I mean, people are giving you advice on
1: finances. They're giving you advice on communication. They're Uh giving you advice on what furniture to buy. Yeah. So this has to be something that is discussed because it really is a huge part of a marriage, and it's honoring to God when we go to him and we ask him, what do you have for this and this part of our lives? Why does this matter? So no question that you ask is wrong. I really feel like all questions are out of a desire for us to know and to be excited about what this part of our lives is and what God has for us. So I stumbled across this book um, and I read it over the holidays in preparation because I really wanted us to discuss this on on the Uh, podcast this season. It's called Love and Sex by Nancy Houston, A Christian Guide to Healthy Intimacy. And I would definitely recommend the book. It was excellent. I want to give you an accurate picture of what's in it. So the first few chapters, she really talks about God's design Mm. for marriage and for um, sexual intimacy. Then the middle of the book is kind of real life examples of couples because she is a professional counselor. She's a therapist And so it's real life examples of what other couples have struggled with, which sometimes is so good for us to hear, you know, put into a real life story what somebody else has struggled with so that we can connect with different parts of that and go, oh, yeah, I felt that way before, or wow, I've never thought about that before. And then at the end, she really talks about um, why this is such a beautiful gift and how God really has given us this gift to enjoy as a part of our marriage. Um, And so what we want to do today is just talk a little bit about that. Honestly, just give you some things to think about. We're not going to fix any problems today. We're not going to come across as the ones that have it all together. We're going to speak out of the overflow of our hearts and what we have experienced. And then we're going to go back to Jesus and we're going to ask him, what's your design for this? Yeah. So the way she starts the book is the first few chapters go all the way back to Genesis when God created Adam and Eve. And I just want you to stop right now and consider that, that God created sex. Right. Like, yes. Like he came up with it. Yes. He thought it up. Right. He made the parts. Right. He added pleasure. That's right. And then he said, go for it. Yeah he's the creator of it. Yes. Does yes. that, Kate, does that make you uncomfortable? Or
0: are you like, oh, I'm so glad he did. Or like, what do you think about that? Okay. 18 years ago, it would have made me very uncomfortable. Um, at, cause like I said, I mean, this was a, a huge struggle for us. I would say the first several years of our marriage, it was so hard to transfer. I mean, we talked about this a little bit on the last episode from me being this, you know, to the virgin to the vixen yes of like you're just supposed to be able to snap your fingers and on the honeymoon night here I am you know I I, I did not know how to make my mind make that transition right because I had grown up hearing so many well-meaning meaning teachers saying don't have sex sex is bad sex is dirty sex is bad right? right
1: exactly same thing in my culture too I felt like it was never discussed in an excited way it was yeah. always bad it was always you can't do this till you're married, and then it felt like literally standing on the altar. It was like the pastor was saying,
0: "Okay, yeah, you're free. Yeah, go get naked. Yeah," and we're like, "Wait a second. Yeah, what do I do with these things?" Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It was such a hard transition. Well, okay, and so then about that time, I we were we met with that couple, and they were they had been married a few years. Um, longer than us, and they were just very transparent with us. God used them so much, and then they recommended a book to me. I I can't remember exactly what it was named. It's like Jesus or the Gospel and Sex or something like that, and it's by John Piper and Justin Taylor. It was fantastic, and basically, they said what you just said is that God created sex, and so I have made it a part of my platform when I teach young women, you know, high school girls or college girls, and we talk about sex. And I tell them, you know, God knew what he was doing. Just what you just said. God knew what he was doing when he knit the woman together and he knit the man together. And he could have made sex just for procreation. Right? Right. Right. He could have. He could have made this part, go with this part, and it makes a baby. But he didn't stop there right? Yes. In the same way that he gave us sweat glands that sweat and taste buds that taste and we have feeling and senses, he gave us those feelings to enjoy sex. And when I got a hold of that for the first time that like, oh, this isn't dirty. This was part of God's design and I can enjoy it because it's part of God's design, you know? And if I could kind of make it on the same level of when I eat a really good piece of chocolate cake, And I enjoy that. I don't see that as sinful. That's right. Exactly. And so, man, when things are happening between my husband and I in the bedroom and it feels good, that is not sinful. That is by God's design. Exactly.
1: Exactly. It really is a shift in our focus. And I think that when you go back to the creation story and you see... I mean, obviously, I don't really need to see it. It's okay for the Lord to (laughs) to keep that part a secret. But when you think about how God really could have made it just an act that just, you know, procreated the earth. Right. But yet he allowed us to have this sensation. Yeah. um, And it's something that you can only experience in that moment with you and your husband. Yeah. It's so beautiful that he would give us that gift. Yes. One of the questions that I always have in my mind is how did Adam and Eve know what to do? (laughs) Like they didn't have any of these books yeah. and they didn't have like a, a, a boyfriend, like a guy friend or a girlfriend to sit him down and be like, all right, yeah. here's what happens. Yeah. Like, don't you, I mean, I just, that's the question that goes through my mind. Like how in the world did they know what to do? How did y'all work this out? Yeah. So one of the things that I love that Nancy pointed out in her book, and we're going to go back to Genesis chapter two, verses 19 through 20, it says, now the Lord God had formed out of the ground, all the wild animals and all the birds in the sky. And he brought them to the man to see what he would name them. And whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. So the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds in the sky, the wild animals. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. So in my little movie brain, I imagine Adam like sitting on a chair and the animals just coming before him one by one. And him looking at them and going, there's a lion. Uh Uh-huh. Ooh, there's a giraffe. Uh Uh-huh. Okay, but... The way that Nancy paints the picture is that it wasn't just one of each animal. As the as the animals came by, it could have been a group. It could have been several. But you don't just have a lion, you have a lioness. Okay. Adam was able to see that there was a male animal and a female animal. Interesting. And they were partners. Huh. And they were put together for a reason. And then we don't know, but maybe Adam, as they wandered by, he was able to see them frolicking, right? Like playing with each other, enjoying each other.
0: Interesting. And so
1: when it gets to the end of him naming all the animals, this is why he understands that there's no suitable helper for him. Right. Because along the lines, Adam has seen every animal have a partner, uh-huh. have someone that God created to match with them so that they could end up having or procreating. Maybe yeah. they were even baby animals, yeah. right? Yeah. Like it doesn't have to be an adult. Yeah. So think about at the end of that for Adam to to really have that full understanding. God, there was nobody in that group that fits with me. So then when God does create Eve and God brings Eve before Adam, can you imagine the full understanding that he has when he sees this creature that looks like him? Mm. That is his helper, his helpmate that is suitable for him. Mm-hmm. It gives me a better understanding of why he was so excited. Yeah. He had found the person that would be his mate. Yes, his match. Yeah, his connection, his someone that got him that understood
0: him, yes.
1: So in my mind, I'm like, okay, that gives me a better understanding of why we get so excited when we meet that person that God has for us. Yeah, that's sweet. That's the person. That's the person that gets me, that understands me. And there's something inside of me that's not just drawn to them um, because of their character or their mind or their laugh, but because of their physicality. Yeah. You know, that my body is drawn to their body. Yeah. That is something that God created. Yeah. He created that. Um, today's mama has a whole stack of things against her, right? Because it's not just Adam and Eve in the garden, like bless Eve's heart. She didn't have dishes, right? She didn't have children, right? She didn't have, um, clothes to mend or floors to mop or grocery stores to visit. Right. I mean, if anybody had all the time in the world to get intimate with her husband, it was her, right? They were living in paradise. Come on. Yeah. Yeah but for us, we have everything against us, yeah. right? We are just, from the moment we wake up to the time we go to bed, our mind is full of all the things. Yeah, um, We have kids and, and in-laws and jobs and home stuff. And honestly, just even the worries of the world right now, we're just, it's stacked against us. And so when you think about the idea of your life in general and your marriage in general, Kate, what are just some broad things that we talk about in our lives? Like, like, Being a part of our everyday, what are the broad things that we have to deal with on a daily basis? In our marriage? In our marriage.
0: Yeah, I would say our kids, you know, managing kids, their development, what they're doing, Mm -hmm. what they're up to, our plans for them, um, money. You know, we're talking Amen. about money, where we're spending the money. You know, it's usually not, oh, we have so much money. <laughs> if only we had so much left over to do all the things with. Yeah, it's usually, oh, we spent too much money here, or we need to save here. You know, making those kind of plans. Um, it's trying to spend time with each other and continue to see your partner as a person that you love and care about. Um, you know, I feel like that's a key part. That goes into communication,
1: too. Yeah like being able to talk, you know, sometimes you can go a whole day without talking to your spouse
0: because you're so busy doing other things. Yeah. Um, You know, sharing your relationship with the Lord, trying to grow together spiritually, and, you you know, raise your home spiritually with with Jesus as the focus. Okay, nitty-gritty. Come on. what's Fighting.
1: Oh, yeah. Let's let's talk. We got fighting. Yeah. We got accountability for our sin. Yes. We got... I hate
0: that one, by the way. I do, too. I hate accountability.
1: Don't make me repent. I tell people all the time. Before I got married, I was perfect. (laughs) And then I got married and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm a little selfish. Yeah. And then I had kids and discovered I was scum of the earth. Oh, very selfish. Yes. Because they infringed on every right that I had ever had. Yes. It's very rude. And I was not having it. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Those are all the things that we have in our life. There's lots more. But think about any one of those things. Is it easy? No. It's hard. Right. Right. So why would our sexual intimacy with our spouse be easy? Yeah, that's really good. It's not, mamas. It's not. It's just as much a a part of our life as everything else. And if everything else in our life takes work Mm -hmm. and effort, why would this not? I think we so often come to the bedroom and expect it to be easy. Right. Like this is just supposed to come off like, like, like the movies. Yeah. And then when it's not, we are so... Um, despairing Uh that for some reason we feel like we have done something wrong, that this has not turned out like all the rom-coms made it seem like, yeah. That we don't know what to do. And I just want
0: to encourage you today that this is hard work. Yes. But it's worth it. But it's worth it. You know, especially when we put it back in the context of all the other things you were talking about. You know, the financial discussions, yes, they are hard work and nobody wants to have them, but they're worth it. Mm -hmm. If you want to be able to retire someday, you know, or get (laughs) braces for your kids, you're going to have those conversations. It's worth it. That's right. You know, conflict resolution, you know, when you have a fight and it's, oh, it's so hard to say, I'm sorry and to swallow the pill and, you know, be ready to move forward, but it's worth it because it gets you back on the same page. And my goodness, I think that, you know, I wish that somebody would have said to me 18 years ago, hey, this may not be the easiest thing that you guys do. That's right. For some people, I'm going to be real honest with you, Rebecca. I have some friends that they are very sexual and they love having sex with their partner. It is, this is not an area where they have struggled. Now there are other things that we just listed off or they will be like, "Man, we've had a lot of conflict in that particular area." Yes, yes. And so, man, God bless you. If you are just, if you have a healthy sexual appetite and when it's time for you guys to hook it up, you're not thinking about 5 million things and you just really enjoy it. I am so thankful. Um if if that is just a part of your story, And please keep telling other women about that because it helps set us free and know, Oh, you're enjoying it. Okay. You know, this is fun for you. Okay, good. Tell me, tell me your tricks and tips. Yes. We need to hear from y'all. We want to have those conversations. Yes. Yes. Um, and, but we also want to speak to the women who, you know, Rebecca and I just, we're out here. We want to have healthy sexual relationships with our husbands. for sure. We want that to be a wonderful part of our relationship and we we wish we would have had somebody had this conversation with us 18 years ago yes. and said, it is worth it. Do the work, read the books, have the h- tough conversations, get feedback because this is an area where God can continue to bless and you will see fruit. And it's not over yet. Like your story's not over no matter
1: what age you are. I'm 42. Yeah. And I think sometimes you think, oh, we're past the honeymoon phase. Now we've got kids. Like it's just never going to be the same. I want to say to you today that God does not like, There's no stopping point with God where he's like, okay, it's too late. I'm sorry for the next 30 years. You're just going to have to grin and bear it. No. Even starting now in your relationship and deciding that this is important and having those conversations, it can make a huge difference for the future. Yes. You are not just planning for today. You're not just missing the past. You're looking ahead to what God has.
0: Yeah. And I've seen God show up in this where I've asked him, help me, help me have a longing for my husband, help me have a desire for him. And, you know, this is probably TMI, but I have been having more like dreams and stuff lately where I wake up and I'm like, Hey, you know, and I'm so thankful because that's something I have begged God for is to have more of that appetite that I've never experienced. And so I just want to say that there's hope out there for the good girl who was told this is dirty and this is bad, that God can do that redemptive good work there. And there's hope for the person that maybe
1: made poor choices ahead of time. And maybe you were caught up in something. Maybe it was just part of your upbringing. I think, I mean, there are people that don't even know the difference because they weren't brought up the way that we were. There is redemption for you too, that God has a beautiful story no matter where you're from. And you cannot go to scripture and read and not find all kinds of people in the Bible that were raised all different ways and made all different choices, right. and God still used them. Yeah. No matter your story today, God has something beautiful for you, yes. and you can decide today that you want to take hold of that. Yeah. And just what Kate said, I want to talk about a, a few things that I think – um, not out of a, a professional counselor mind, but just out of someone that loves you and loves God, that can really help in this area. And the first thing is exactly what Kate said: it's pray about it. Mm, mm-hmm. I mean, really, we we talk to God about all kind of stuff, yes. But do we talk to God about our intimacy with our husband? Right. Do we ask Him, God, help me have a longing for Him? Yeah. God, give me an appetite. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's a day that you know your husband's going to come home from work and he's excited to do something later that day, and you've had a rough day, Yeah, right? The kids did everything wrong. You don't feel pretty. Right. You know, bad hair days and all the rest. And maybe you just ask the Lord, Lord, I know tonight's going to be special. Would you help me to be ready for that? Yeah. In Philippians 4, 6, it says, Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. 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 When I was in high school, I used to pray about my period. Uh huh. Did you ever pray about your period? No. What did you pray? Because whenever I would go to church camp or something during the summer, I never wanted to be on my period while <laughs> I was there because I wanted to swim and have fun with my friends. And yeah. I didn't want to take all that mess with me. Yeah. So I would pray about it That's and be cute. like, God, I'm going to need you to hold off <laughs> for like an extra two days, okay? Because um, camp's still Friday and I'm supposed to start Wednesday. Uh huh. So listen. I'm going to need. I'm going yeah. to need. <laughs> And that's what the last part of the verse, it says, tell God what you need yeah, and then thank him for what he's done. yeah. Mamas, would you just tell the Lord, I yeah. am tired today. Yeah. I have had kids hanging on every part of my body and I don't want anybody to touch it. Yeah. And ask the Lord to change your heart and give you a desire for your husband. Yes. Pray about it. Number two, get out of your head. Okay, because here's the problem with us as women and moms. Our heads are so full of everything that literally when that moment comes, I have to concentrate so hard on him and not what I forgot at the grocery store. Oh my gosh. On him. Yeah. And not what, oh my gosh, I totally forgot to call that person back. Yes. Because for some reason, when
0: we get to that moment, it's like my mind is like, let me tell you everything you forgot to do today. Yes. And then. The person that you're trying to be intimate with sees that all over your face and he'll say, what are you thinking about right now? And you're like, oh, I'm so sorry. It's
1: all in our head. We are so much in our head that it's hard for our bodies to catch up. Yeah. And, and this is, this is in the book and this is talked about, Nancy talks about this, that really, you know, a man's sexual appetite is immediate, right? right? When it's time for him, it just happens. But a woman has got to warm up. Yeah. Like our brain is controlling our body, and yeah. if we are not ready or in the mood, then our body tightens yeah. and we close off, and we we are telling our head. Our head is telling our body, "No, I don't want to do this.
0: I'm too tired. I don't have time." Yeah. So get out of your head. Have you heard it compared where a woman's a crock pot, yes, and a man is a flame or something? I can't remember what the I man it was is. Oh, a microwave. Oh, a microwave. Yeah, I think the man. Yeah you know, but I mean, that's very accurate. Yes. I would say if I could add to that, I would say, um, just do it. Yeah. Just do it. If he is asking for it, you guys, let's talk about the time commitment here. We're not usually talking about five hours. Okay. We're talking about, you don't know that somebody could, let me tell you, if that's you, (laughs) then y'all go ahead and sad left. For me, we're talking about probably regular maintenance. We're talking about, I don't know, five, 10 minutes. Okay. And if he, my husband has a greater need for regular sexual experience than I do. And so I have found in our relationship, it is healthier for me just to say yes. And, We sometimes call it a love gift because I can tell I'm not going to be super into this this time, but I love you. And so, you know, this is a love gift. Um, But there are times when I am more into it. I really do try and slow down. I'm like, okay, I'm going to lay here and just try and take the breaths and try and get in this place with you. Um, But, you know, that's just, that's, that's not happening with us every time because of the pace of our lives and the things that are going on. Well, and that's number three, be intentional.
1: Mm -hmm. Like decide. That because this is important to your marriage and important to your spouse, mm-hmm. that you're gonna be intentional. Yeah. Because that's the thing that I think, again, movies and cinema has taught us that it's supposed to just happen. Oh, like, it's
0: so spontaneous. He walks in the door. Yeah. And oh, my
1: goodness, <laughs> you know? And for some reason, all the kids are magically entertained elsewhere. Right. You have five hours yeah. for
0: whatever. Yeah. It's
1: not that way. No. And when I had kids and we got to that place in our life where it was like, we don't have just spur of the moment. Yeah. We had to be intentional. We had to think through, you know what? If this is important to us, let's just plan it. Mm -hmm. And I remember telling Greg, I don't want to plan it. Yeah. It makes it feel like a a business transaction. It's, and, and it was like, I was so stuck again in my head. Right. That I had this movie view of what it was supposed to be like. Yeah. That it couldn't be any other way. Yeah. And now when you schedule it, it yes. becomes such an, an a part of your marriage and a part of your life and you see the benefits yes. that then
0: you begin to go, this is so worth it. Yes. This is making a difference in our marriage. Yeah. Yeah. And for, you know, everybody's going to have different needs. You know, but I really do think I'm willing to say the uncomfortable thing and just kind of put out our own my personal experience in case it helps somebody. But for Jeremy and I, that means two times a week. So that means that Sunday and Wednesday are our days now. There are times when on a Wednesday night, he'll come in to lock the door and I'm like, I just can't. And he'll say, do you need to punt? And I say, yes. And then we punt to the next night or something. So it's not like it's, locked in, you know, at where there's not any flexibility. But it helps us not let it get too far away from us because I think that's one of those foxes in the vineyard. You know, it's one of those things that the enemy can use when it goes on for too long where you are not being intimate with your spouse that, you know, potentially the enemy can get a foothold. Now, I know Rebecca said this earlier, but I want to put this caveat back in there. If you are hearing this and you've experienced sexual trauma, you are there has been abuse in your past there is something else that is of a clinical professional nature where you really need help please understand we are not trying to speak to those things there are there are very traumatizing situations people have gone through and so I don't want you to ever hear any of our advice and think that we're trying to say anything different than that so if you have been through something horrific like that I hope that you're getting help what we are trying to Give is more general advice to women who haven't have experienced that kind of pain, right? Exactly. Is that okay for me to go yes. ahead and just put no. that out there?
1: No, I think it's so important because I do think um, one of the um, scary things about people's stories is that if you assume that that story has to be your story. Then you feel like something's messed up. Yeah. Because my life doesn't look like that. Yeah. And the goal of somebody's personal story is honestly just to give context and say, here's what God's done in my life. Here's what's happened to me. Yes. So the stories that Kate and I are telling you are personal stories out of the overflow of what we've experienced and what God's done for us. But your story may look very different. Yes. And God has a plan for that story too. Yeah. And one of the things that I think is most helpful is for you to say it out loud. Yes. Go to your spouse and say, I'm struggling here. Yes. Go to a trusted mom friend and say, I'm struggling here. Yes. What we said at the beginning, bring it into the light. Right. Because what Satan has done is he has put it in the dark. Right. And he has made it um, skewed. Uh He has lied to us. He has twisted it. Uh And so when we bring anything into the light, God has the chance to speak truth over it. And that's what we're doing today. We're speaking truth over something that needs to be brought into the light. So that's one of our challenges for you today is that if you think, you know what, I think I damn struggling in this area, or yeah. I think I would like some help, yeah. say it out loud to somebody that you love and trust. Mm-hmm. And I would encourage you to do that with your spouse first. Yeah. But if not, find a trusted mom friend and let her help you walk through this. Yeah. yeah. Because the last thing I want to say to you today is that you need to trust your creator. Mm-hmm. Mamas, our God does not, um, he's not out to get us. right? He's not out to make us suffer. He does not intend for us to um, be so hateful towards what's happening in our life that we just can't go on. God created the most beautiful garden for Adam and Eve and he gave them the most beautiful way to interact with each other that was special only to them. Right. Only to them. Right. Only to us. And so that the last thing He wants you to do is is to be so sad in your life because this has to be part of it that you just waste away your days. Yeah. We want you to be um, fully enjoying the gift that God has given you. And part of that is trusting your Creator mm-hmm. and going back to your Creator and saying, I don't get it. It's not working like you said. Yeah, I don't understand. I'm not enjoying it. And yeah. let your Creator speak truth over you and your spouse and this part of your life. Yes. Um, I want to read to you in First Peter 4.19, it says, So if you find life difficult because you're doing what God said, take it in stride. Trust Him. He knows what He's doing, and He'll keep on doing it. And one of the things that I think um, early in marriage that I struggled with was I thought, Oh my gosh, I have to do this for the rest of my life. <laughs> like, Right. <laughs> Like the wedding was fun. The vacation was fun. Uh-huh. I thought, oh, having kids one day is going to be fun. Uh-huh. But one of the things I struggled with was that because I didn't really enjoy it, I thought, oh my gosh, I have to do this the rest Seems of my like life. It seemed like a burden. And yeah. it seemed like a burden. Yeah. And I had to go to God and say, I don't want this burden. Yeah. I don't want it to be a burden. I want it to be something that's exciting and enjoyable. Yes. And I had to pray and tell God what I needed. Yeah. And I had to be intentional with my spouse. Yes. And I had to get out of my head. Yes. And Mamas, that's what we want for you today. Yes. We want you to know that your God is so good. Yeah. He created something so beautiful. And if it's not
0: working right now, let's get help. Let's get help. We want you to be happy in your home, happy in the bedroom, getting the bound, chicka, bound, bound, popping off, yes. you know? Yes. And so, yeah, I mean... Is this the most comfortable conversation for me? No, nope. But like we said, we are happy to throw ourselves under the bus yes. or whatever it yes. takes to normalize the conversation, to peel back the curtain, so that it, in hopes that it would help even one of you out there. Exactly. So we're going to
1: post in our show links the books. Um, we'll post the book that Kate talked about. I'll post the book I talked about. We want you to hear us today when we say find somebody to talk to. Yeah, this is this is so important to your marriage. It's just. I mean, I might even say it's more important than finances. Yeah. It's more important than child rearing. It's more important than cleaning your house. Because listen to me, the way that you and your husband interact with each other speaks volumes to your children. Yes. And I will say this to you today, that my goal for my kids one day is to have a sexually thriving marriage yes because I know that that means that they are embracing the gift God gave them and they are loving each other and I want that for them yeah and in order for me to help them get there one day I have got to be the example myself that's so good I have to show them that this is doable that God created this and it's good yes I love it
0: okay how'd we do we did good I think we did good I I cannot wait to hear from you mamas I hope this was a blessing to you we are so thankful that you are here we're thankful for every episode that you join us if this blessed you today would you share this episode you can um, go and share the links on our social media you can find us on at gather moms on Instagram or Facebook or you can leave a comment right here on wherever you're listening that helps other people come across our podcast easier so thank you so much for being willing to cheer us on and share what we're doing over here we love you our heart for you is so just you we are you are dear to
1: us yes we believe in you yes we believe in that god created you for this time and this purpose right now and we are your biggest fans biggest fans we love
0: you go get him (laughs) uh maybe in the bedroom yeah go get him (laughs) h-i-m go get him all right love you i'll talk to you next time bye-bye